Hi, this is Nicholas Vince, actor in Hellraiser and Nightbreed, author of What Monsters Do and Other People's Darkness, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Christopher Laveau of Anna and the Apocalypse, which was an amazing Hello. movie. Hey. Hello. Sorry, I jumped in on your introduction then. No, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. It was probably too long. So. <laughs> so how did you get involved in Anna and the Apocalypse? It's a very unique uh, film. Yeah, um... I got involved in the traditional way, being put forward by my agent, and um, I went through a couple of rounds. Um, I, I, in terms of seeing the script for the first time, um, obviously a zombie Christmas musical is a surprising thing to have come into your inbox. But um, uh, what I think collectively we all, we all loved about the film was um, how it um, depicted um, the teenage coming of age story, and um, we felt that that um, the depth that the characters had was um, uh, was um, something that uh, interested us alongside all of the, the zombie Christmas musical madness. And it was actually the character that would sustain uh, a 90-minute movie and allow for all of those mad things to happen around it. And that was what excited us, I suppose, as actors. Yeah. Because you really get to like all the, all the, uh, all, all the, the actors, all the characters. And then, uh, which makes it, you know, much harder when something bad happens to him, you know, because you're emotionally invested in them. Totally. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. We, that's exactly what we wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from what I understand, uh, from talking to some of the other uh, cast members, 
you know, the the the, um, the younger actors, you guys all kind of bonded and became friends. Yes, uh, it was the most incredible. I mean, not only was it a great film to work on, but the people involved were amazing, and we were all working in this school for 28 days because it was most of it was filmed out of the school. And our dressing rooms, green room, production office were all in the different classrooms. So it, it was really like going back to school for 28 days. And, um, and we were just, uh, so lucky with the, the people that we had, um, on board and Nathan Ale Carew and, uh, Nick Crum as producer, as the lead producers and John McPhail, um, uh, director and Sarah Dean as the cinematographer, Brian Clackery as the, uh, production designer, all just, the most friendly, supportive people. They, they, there wasn't a sense of it being a hierarchy. It was. It just felt like a collective ensemble, and um, so it was a very happy place to work. Working. Okay. That's interesting. There are 28 days to shoot, and it kind of has a connection to you know another famous uh, zombie movie. Yeah, days later. totally. <laughs> I, I don't think necessarily by design. Had they had more, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I think they would have liked some more days. But there we go. <laughs> It's a nice, it's a nice connection. Yeah. Did Did you have a background in in uh, singing or dancing uh, before the movie? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I'd done musical theatre at, at drama school, um, so so I'd had practice at that, and that wasn't necessarily something that I was particularly intimidated by. But having said that, the the, the style of singing was uh, more pop, and I'd not done that before, and um, so I had to kind of adapt my voice uh, to that style of singing because Roddy and Tommy wanted the album to also be a, a pop album as well as, you know, a, a mm-hmm. soundtrack for a, a musical. They wanted people to be able to listen to it uh, in isolation. So that was that was a challenge for me. Um, and Ben Wiggins, who plays Nick, always says that he can't sing. And he says that he had to have so many singing lessons before he sang Soldier at War. But when you hear him sing that song, you're kind of, I'm, I'm just in doubt, in constant <laughs> doubt about that. And I think uh, actually he's, he's been doing musical theater his whole life. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I agree. It's like, actually, all the songs are excellent in the movie. Uh, did, you, did you have any background in battling zombies? Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was, in, the, in the 2010 invasion that we had in, in the UK, I got lots of practice in uh, in killing zombies at that point. Um, so yeah, I've I've done it for real. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's always good to have someone who's uh, who's been in the actual uh, yeah, event. Yeah, actually done it. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why so, I cast. I guess. Are you a fan of uh, horror movies? Uh, I wasn't when I was a kid. I I really liked Charlie's Angels, um, particularly because I liked uh, Cameron Diaz. Um, so those were. Uh, that was the film that was that took up my childhood and my teenagehood. But um, being a part of a horror movie has been such fun because the culture around it and the, the fandom and the community is is so much fun and it's so dedicated and passionate. Um, so I def- it's definitely a club that I'd like to uh, belong to. Uh, but I've got a lot of watching of films to do in order to build up the, the requisite knowledge to be a part of that community. So I have many hours. Right, right. So yeah. did you did you get to go to many of the festivals? Yeah, I, I luckily got to go to Fantasia in Montreal, um, uh, Fantastic Fest in uh, Austin, Sitges in Spain. Um, so I, yeah, I got to see some of the, the really big festivals and the big audiences. We had an amazing audience at um, Fantasia. 700 people 
and it was um, uh, the first time I'd seen it with such a big audience, and it just went down so brilliantly, and it was so nice to see everyone uh, laughing and screaming and and crying in all the all the right places, and it just was uh, it was a real pleasure to see. Yeah, I um I was at um Fright Fest in London, but I didn't get to see it there because it was sold out. But I ended up seeing it in Boston. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> I, I didn't unfortunately get to see Fright Fest. Mm-hmm. So when you first saw the finished movie, and before the fi- I don't know, maybe it was festivals when you first saw the finished movie. You know, what did you think once it's all edited together and the music's all in there? Oh, I mean, I I love it. I am a, a massive fan of the movie, not just because I'm in it. Uh, right. I I couldn't quite believe what they had had done. I mean, when you're acting in it, you don't really know what's going on on that level. You're not seeing dailies and and, and rushes, and yeah, I mean, you're just focusing on your character. So. Um, I was completely blown away by what they had done, and and especially someone who isn't necessarily uh, kind of uh, in the culture of horror movies, it it, it felt accessible to me, um, and I felt like I could understand the references, and and it didn't feel cliquey to me. It felt like it was kind of inviting me into the the genre, which um, which is something else that I really liked about it. Yeah. And uh, what was Paul K like? Because he's he's great in the movie. He's uh, basically the villain of the film. Yeah, I mean, his performance is so much fun. I love it. I, I remember he came in on the read through, um, at which point you know everyone's kind of nervous and like uh, it's the first day that everyone's performing in front of each other. And Paul K comes in and does exactly what he does on screen uh, <laughs> without holding back anything. And it it was. Uh, it was an inspiring moment to see someone just take the character and um, deliver it with so much fucking gusto. Yeah. yeah. Was it a physically demanding movie to make? Was you know, dancing and, you know, zombie battling? Sorry, say that again? physically demanding. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, we definitely had to learn how to punch properly and uh, <laughs> MC the... Um, uh, fight choreographer for the movie um, uh, put us through our paces in, 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 in terms of that and the, the main aspect for us was to, to really look like we were using these weapons properly and we were treating these weapons properly so she, in the first weeks when we were practicing some fight choreography she gave us these um, foam noodles that you would use in a swimming pool and she said right. you, I mean it is a foam noodle but you've got to treat it like it is a weapon um, and so uh, we had quite a lot of learning to do in, in terms of that, and then um, uh, yeah, just in terms of the, the fighting. Yeah, it, it definitely was physically tiring. I mean, but Ella more so because she was literally in every day, and my character tends to just run away, so I didn't have to do so much <laughs> actual yeah. fighting. Right. Uh, I was going to ask if there's any similarities between you and your character, but then right after. You say, you know, you did a ro- lot of running away. It's probably bad timing. Yes. <laughs> I know I am. I am similar to my character, I think. Uh-huh. I, I, I think I think that would be a fair comment to make. Plus, <laughs> I have the same name as well. So That's true. That's true. Yeah, so it's easy to remember. People say <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you, have, uh, do you have anything coming up? Um, I'm, no, I'm back in London um, auditioning and um, working on some of my own stuff as well. Um, so um, yeah, what's the expected? But there's nothing in the space right now. 
And uh, is there a place uh, people can follow you on social media? Yeah, I've, I've got the Instagrams and the Twitters, and I think that's it. I, I think I have Snapchat. I don't use it, but yeah. If anyone wants to follow me, come and follow me. I, I can't promise anything of particular interest, but, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you could, you'll be sharing this interview, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What? <laughs> I appreciate you coming and talking to me and have uh, have a good time in London. Oh, and, uh, my pleasure, Neil. Thank you for having me yeah. on the show. Thank you very much. It's been great. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Bye. Yep. Bye. Hi, this is Ashley Mary Nunes. And this is Lito Velasco. And this is Jessica Cameron. Hi, this is Natalie Montera. Hi, this is Todd Nunes, the director and writer of All Through the House. And you are listening to Without Your Head Radio. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Marley Sue, who plays Lisa in Anna and the Apocalypse, Hello. which was amazing. Hello. Yeah, I love the movie. It was, uh, I didn't get, I mentioned off air, but I didn't get to see it at Fright Fest, because uh, Fright Fest was, I didn't realize Fright Fest was so big, so, uh, and I didn't pre-order movies, so I missed uh, a lot of them. No, we were surprised too. We didn't expect it to. I think a few festivals it was at before, so it had a wee bit of a buzz by the time it got to Fright Fest, which maybe is what it sold really well at Fright Fest, which was amazing to have so many people come see it. Yeah. What What is that like to watch your movie with an audience? Really fun. Like, I, I hadn't really. Uh, it's the first film I've ever done, so I hadn't really ever had that experience before. And obviously, in theater, you, you're not aware as as much whereas in a film when you're sitting with the audience you can really take in what the audience are feeling and this is the kind of film where like audiences have been very um vocal <laughs> which uh-huh. has been like so exciting especially in sitches we had a a like a midnight screening and it was um a really like we were really worried we were all going into the, the theater thinking like oh god are these it was like you know like big, like like you know, forty year old men with beards were like, "There is a musical. I hate this. What are they going right, to think?" Right. We're just sitting there being like, "Are people going to walk out? What are they going to think?" And they were so much fun. Like obviously, all the horror aspects, like all the blood and the gore, like you'd get applause at like any big gore points, which was like I hadn't ever thought. I never expected that. But then they were singing along. They were singing along to like Hollywood ended and clapping away. So that was really really funny to see all these men of these like horror t-shirts who looked like <laughs> avid horror fans like singing away uh-huh. to a film yeah definitely yeah it was um similar to to boss which was at a theater and uh it was a really fun experience because people actually were clapping like after the songs and people mm-hmm. laughing out loud i have to admit there was a few people who walked out like after like the first i, I assume maybe they didn't even know it was a musical and i was like i think <laughs> you're probably in the wrong movie but besides everyone who's it was only a couple people but everyone who's there like really had a good time the best reaction you get you really get like people are going to love it or people are going to hate it it's probably the best reaction you can get from a film that no one's sitting in the middle and if there if there's walkouts you know at least they bought a ticket so (laughs) like we're still happy that they went they even wanted to come see it in the first place the market and they obviously saw something they might have liked about it i think it's the marrying of the two um such polar opposite genres is going to make people love and hate it and We've been lucky that a lot of people have liked it. Yeah, it was weird because I actually saw a meme on Facebook, and it was uh, it was like a diagram, and it said people love musicals and people love horror movies, and then the ones that met in the middle said you were a serial killer. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I need to find that so I can send a chat. 
Yeah. So well, apparently this is this is a movie made for serial killers. It's <laughs> <laughs> on that weird edge of thing. Weird. Yeah. Enjoy it. So what did you think actually when you when you first heard about the movie and see the script? I thought it was great. I mean, I hadn't this was also the first film I ever auditioned for, so I hadn't much experience of of reading film scripts. So I kind of thought maybe they were all that crazy because <laughs> that was my bar was like Anna was the first thing I'd read. Um I definitely thought like um the the first thing I thought though was that the characters were all great. That was the first thing I really understood from it was that all the characters like were really well written and they all seemed like relatable people. And then it was later on that you I hadn't I couldn't really imagine the zombie part of it yet just from reading it. I didn't have enough experience to really think about what that was going to be like. Um, and the music, we got sent a couple songs early. I think it was Breakaway and I Will Believe the Last Songs. And the songs were so brilliant. That was, and I don't, I've never really watched, I've never watched a stage musical. So I didn't really know much about musicals, but I thought those songs were amazing. I think that was yeah. a huge thing selling it. The script and the music was so good. Mm-hmm. So did you have, do you have a background in singing? No. <laughs> I <laughs> singing's terrifying I actually made a joke at uni where I was like oh, I'm, I don't need to learn to sing I'm never going to ever be a singer or have to do singing so I'm not going to bother like uh-huh. <laughs> learning how to because I found singing really scary but um I did I did a play before I um I auditioned for the film and that had a bit of singing in it and that's actually how I kind of got managed to get an audition because I was in a play with one of John McPhail's best friends so he came to see that and then I managed to get an audition. He obviously had said to the casting director after that, and he managed to get me in for the film. So I did a little bit singing in in the play, and that was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it was the film singing was a was a less scary experience because Tommy and Roddy are really really good and make you feel so at ease with any singing. Yeah, you did a great job. I think it's one of the uh, well, actually all the songs are really good in the movie. That's one of the most memorable songs. I think there's so many parts of that song that I was so lucky that like. I got that song because I mean, had like Tommy and Roddy who wrote a hilarious song, so it was going to be hard to mess up. And then Sarah, who choreographed a ridiculous routine behind me. So with all those parts, I think I was in a a great position to have a really fun moment in the film. Mm -hmm. For people who don't know, it's a it's that time of the year is the song, and it's uh, it it is very hilarious. It's it's perfect. It's not if you just listen to it, you think, oh, it's a nice Christmas song, but. You know, when you listen to the lyrics, it's still a nice Christmas song, but much different. <laughs> my um, my cousin in Hong Kong messaged me the other day, and he was like, my niece who's nine, he was like, he sent me a video of her, like, drawing away and singing along to it. And he was like, oh, she loves it. And I was like, no! <laughs> you shouldn't be singing it. But I, I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm, that's really good that she likes it. But I was also thinking, oh, no, it's a bit rude. It's, it's, are you sure she should be listening to that? But I guess when you first hear it if you don't tell people it's rude it could just be if you yeah. don't kids you're might not, not. if you don't pay attention to the lyrics right it's oh this is pleasant yeah <laughs> i know it was really funny seeing her sing along to it so was that was that fun to perform or were you since you uh or were you still nervous about singing yeah i was still nervous but i'd already recorded it in the studio and tommy me and tommy and Roddy had gone over all the different um innuendos and that was really funny like thinking about all the different things and so all the fun had happened in the recording studio like of the actual singing it so I'd like had a lot of fun then and when it came to actually performing it in the film like I just felt really like unsexy I had like this big dress on and like (laughs) just I just felt like the most like 
silly thing ever. I was like, this is not going to be sexy. This is not going to be funny. I don't know how. And I hadn't really seen the dancers. Sarah's, Sarah had rehearsed with them separately. So I wasn't 100% sure what they were doing yet. Um, so, But then when we actually did it all together, I thought, like, this is going to be really fun. I think, I hope it's going to look really good. <laughs> yeah. So what is that particular scene like, especially the first time you watch it with an audience? You know, I think after a few times, you probably know people are into it. But the first time you're watching the movie and and then that scene comes up, uh, what's that experience like? Like, really nice. It's really like, I think if you ever feel like nervous or worried, because obviously anytime you watch yourself, it's not very nice. But like seeing an audience laughing, you just know, yeah. like, that's like the nicest thing that you can have from it. Like that it's that that is paid like they that they're enjoying it. You know, they're enjoying it because they're laughing. You don't know if they're enjoying other bits, but you know, like, or you, you can't really gauge emotional stuff and things, but like they, the first time I saw it was in Sitges. And, um, I remember the audience really laughing and a lot of the cast had already seen it at fantastic fest, which I can, I could make. So I was like a bit nervous about, it, and they all just looked at me like, well, <laughs> <laughs> my reaction was going to be, and that was, that was a really like lovely moment to see everyone laughing at it. It was, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So my mom actually to go see it the other day in Edinburgh, just in because it's out in cinemas now. And I was like sitting at the back of my mum, and when people were laughing, that was that was really nice as well. Like see, <laughs> people think think it's funny. <laughs> what did she think of the movie? She was my mom's just like she doesn't really. I'm trying to think, of my mom's she doesn't really watch horrors, and she doesn't really know much about music. My mom doesn't really know that much about movies. But she was just every time I was on screen, she just turned to me and was like, <laughs> like look, it's you. Like was excited about that. Um, yeah, I think she enjoyed it, but my mum's not doesn't really know that much about films, so she'd be happy if I was in anything. Yeah. Are there are there two different kinds of acting in the movie? Like uh you know, because the, the musical stuff is like a traditional, like, you know, a, a play like musical, and then you know, then it's real horror and and it does have like a lot of drama in it. So do you have to have two different styles of acting? Um, I didn't think when I read it, I wondered that. I wondered if it was gonna have to be a different like uh thing for performing songs and a different like thing for horror and did it need to be bigger than normal natural act? I don't know, but like John was really good at making it everything kind of existed within the same world. Like when they sing, it's because like well with Lisa she's performing her show, so she's meant to be singing. Right. And like even at other points when they're bursting into song, like in turning my life around stuff, it all it's all happening at the point in the story where these characters are feeling an emotion that then comes out in song. So it didn't feel like something on top of the script it felt all within the same world and and the horror aspect too like at that point that character is terrified and they need to run away so like it John made it all quite seamless it didn't feel like it was in jarring in any kind of way it all felt like it existed within the Anon Apocalypse world a little bit yeah yeah it's a very unique world it's a very unique movie no it's a really also that group of people are a very unique group of people so I think that's how it kind of all happened in such a great way like they're, they're the funniest weirdest bunch of people ever who made this film <laughs> so that's why i think that can sort of translate it also onto the screen yeah so what is uh john mcphail like the uh the director as a person and to, and to work with john to work with is like he's um like he just hung out with us. Like I like I knew he was a director, obviously, but he was also just like one of our friends, and you just want to hang out with him. And there was never a feeling of like hierarchy of John ever. Like John is friends and treats everyone the exact same. Like you could talk to like the the guy who 
looked after the cars to the, like the person who was in camera like every John talks to everyone the same he's got no sense of being above anyone and I would never worry about asking John a question or saying to John actually I think like maybe I would do this in this part like John completely respects everyone in such a good way that he made a film set so lovely and also like he's so creative and if there was ever an issue like something happened where there was like one of the big vans that was going to be that transports all the lights it broke down and it was in the back of a shot they realized and so he just covered it in blood like he just adapts he wasn't ever like I couldn't tell he was stressed I'm sure he was stressed but like he just was so good at adapting and being creative and being like just the best person to be around you didn't think he never made you feel worried or stressed he was just such a lovely guy and as a person he's even more like he's just like he's just this funny Glasgow guy he's not he doesn't come across and I think anyone who meets him he just and he's the biggest horror movie fan like he'll be so good at all these podcasts I was looking at your website and I was like oh god I don't like John knows so much about horror films like he could talk <laughs> to you you guys would probably talk until for hours and hours about horror films because he is the biggest fan of horror films and he's just a big movie geek as well he just yeah. loves movies and I think he at festivals he loves meeting people who love movies mm-hmm. that's very cool are you a movie are you a horror movie fan um not to the extent as John but like right. I was worried because looking at your your other like podcast stuff and I was like I don't know much about like you know the like the original horror movies and like you go back and like horror movie history and stuff but like when I was a teenager like I was obsessed with horror movies like that was the first and my dad loved horror movies so they were the films I watched first also any films that had been there was like a video store near my house that we used to rent films from back in the day when you did that (laughs) and you know if there was anything that was banned or like was in a section where you're like that stuff obviously me and my friends were like obsessed with so the exorcist was the big one that was the one we were originally like was the first horror film that like we weren't allowed to watch it so then me and my friend got a copy of it from her sister had a copy and we watched it over and over again um yeah. i love the exorcist um i'm trying to think of other... do you remember gothica that one stuck with me yeah yeah i thought that was terrifying uh-huh. <laughs> anything that's like paranormal um, the Conjuring was more, a one when I was a bit older, which I thought was terrifying. I had to almost turn it turn it off at one point. Mm-hmm. They're all quite like mainstream horrors that I've seen. So I've not seen any like super like niche horrors. Yeah, that's fine. There's a lot of cool ones out there I can recommend, or, or John Prize recommended. But Exorcist is a great movie, and I think that still holds up. It's a very yeah. uh, very creepy movie. Still think that's scary after seeing more modern horrors. I think it is. Yeah, I think it, I think a lot of it is the. Uh, like the atmosphere of the movie. It's uh, very grim, I think. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, because also the special effects and stuff back then, obviously, they mm-hmm. don't have what they have now, but it's terrifying. It's so... Any kind of exorcism film, I, I get, like, I want to watch them because I find them so creepy. Me and my friend, like, when we were at uni, we used to, like, end up... We'd watch, like, any exorcism film that was on Netflix, and then we'd end up on YouTube watching, like, all those docu... Like, real, real-life real exorcisms that you get on yeah. YouTube. Because I think we find them fascinating and super scary, and then you can't sleep because you just think maybe you're possessed. Do you know uh-huh. also special? They have like the behind the scenes stuff on those DVDs, and they're like, here's a real life recording of a demon, and you have to be careful because it might possess you. I used to watch uh-huh. all those and stuff and <laughs> sit in my bed and be like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you had I had Eileen Dietz on who uh, who played uh, Regan in in a lot of the uh, the scenes that the the uh, that Linda Blair couldn't do because she's too young. Oh wow! I didn't know there was two actresses. Yeah, it was actually more than two, but uh, they kept it a secret for a long time because they wanted Linda Blair to be up for Academy Award, 
And from what I understand, there's actually bad bad blood between them because she eventually came out and said that she played some of the some of the role. And I think she was uncredited for a long time, and now she's credited on the uh, on the uh, in the movie on IMDb and whatnot. Yeah, I would be annoyed if I'd done part of it and didn't get. Yeah, I did wonder because well, she was like, what was she fourteen? Was she younger than that? Yeah, she's pretty young. So like some of the stuff like with the crucifix scene, you know, they didn't want an actual young girl to to do that kind of thing, you know. I was thinking that how on earth could you get? Also, I was thinking she clearly cannot watch this film because this is right. Yeah. When she watched it, did you, do you know when she watched it? I don't know. When Linda Blair, I'm not sure. Surely she wasn't allowed to. So the older. Right. Yeah. With that, that's a weird concept to think. Like you're, you can star in a movie, but you wouldn't be allowed to watch the movie. Yeah, but there's so many horror films of kids because kids are so creepy. Yeah, but Eileen said that they actually had like a real priest on the set to like bless the set because people did think like there was. Uh, you know, it was like real demons or something. It was very, it was very bizarre to, to listen to. Wow, I love that kind of thing. And then you always yeah. get, like, I don't know if they just do it to like make the film sell better, but they'll be like, oh yeah, this person did die, <laughs> this person did get possessed. And sure. that makes me want to watch something because I'm like, yeah, it's real. It's definitely real. Like they were all possessed on set. That's yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you said you didn't really think of the zombie uh, when you're reading the script. Uh, when you're filming the movie and, and you get to the gore scenes and the zombie scenes, uh, what was that like to film? Um, I was so annoyed because I went to the fight training with everyone during, we had like two weeks rehearsal. We had like a boot camp thing and I got to go to the fight training, but then I don't really, without being a spoiler of anyone's listening who doesn't, doesn't, hasn't seen it yet. I don't do a massive amount of fighting zombies till maybe later on in the film. So mm. I actually didn't really get to meet any zombies till maybe my last week of filming um and then that last week was really fun I thought that was great the makeup and um just being in a room for the people who like normal people walking around but they've got all the zombie makeup on that was maybe some of my favorite stuff that was more fun than the singing I thought because like the singing was scary the zombies weren't I don't think zombies who's like having a coffee is really really (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of the actual we got to do a wee bit of fighting with um a lady called MC who is amazing fight choreographer. She did a little bit of taught us how to fight with the zombies. I didn't have to run away from any. Well, I had a little bit of running from them, but it was more fighting with the zombies. I think that was looked so fun. I didn't I didn't find it that scary because like I guess in the setting, like we'd all been hanging out before, but I know from the other guys who have the scene, you know, running through the Christmas trees. Yeah. I think that was quite scary. Because you have them jumping out at you and you're right. in a warehouse for the trees. So I think that probably was quite scary. I'd love to do a horror film where you actually are having to, it is quite scary and you're getting chased and stuff. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done like a haunt? Like a, uh, it's big, I don't know if that's big there here. There's a lot of haunts where you walk through, you know, either the woods or they have things set up and people are dressed up as zombies and different scary things and they jump out and, and scream at you. I've never done one. I've seen a video of American horror story. Um, like are they set up like a version of that and I think Sarah Paulson goes through it uh-huh. and it looks it looks so good I don't know if I could cope like <laughs> even when I watch horror films like I get really 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 genuinely terrified and so I don't know if I could actually do one of those have you done many I only only did one just a couple of years ago and it was a very fun experience and scary? then 
it is scary because it's uh you know people it's not like you think oh this is a real zombie but just the idea of people jumping out at you and and, and screaming and stuff is scary yeah, yeah. and then uh it's, it's and then the one i went to you could go during the day too and actually take your time and walk around and look at all the uh the cool setup because you don't get to see it too too well when you're walking through it at night and people are jumping out and screaming at you mm-hmm. so it, it's, a, it's a fun time i think it sounds great I don't think I could do it though. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, maybe we could go to a, like a, a smaller version. And yeah. Work way up. Yeah, I think to like Edinburgh has like a thing called Edinburgh Dungeons, where it has like things that jump out at you, and it's kind of like half historical, half scary. But I find that really scary still. Anything that's going to jump out at me, even like during the day, if my friend jumps out at me, I get scared. Just the thought of a fright coming is too much. Yeah. No, I don't think I could handle. It. Yeah. So uh, we mentioned off air. Uh, I thought you were from London, but you've just uh, lived in London for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I moved down to London when I graduated uni, which was a few years ago. Um, but I, I originally grew up in yeah in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to London for the first uh, for England for the first time uh, this year for Fright Fest, and I had a really good time in London. Yeah, London's good. London's just, there's so much to do. I, how long were you here for? Uh, ten days. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. Did you- do many touristy things? Uh, we didn't go to too many of the tourist kind of sites, a, f- a couple of them, but uh, some of the people that I'm friends with from doing the show who live in England told me like some old pubs to go to. And that was fun, like uh, Ye Old Cheshire Cheese on uh, Fleet Street. And they told me to go down, st- go down in the st- uh, stairs and like downstairs was built like the 1600s. So it's like this old kind of almost like a dungeon that's carved into uh, into stone. Yeah, that, that was very cool to go to. Is through. that for all the cheese and wine? Yeah, it's a, it's a, like an old pub. Uh, it's called Ye Old Cheshire Cheese. and uh, I think I have been there, and it's all like a cave inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, and they do really nice wine in there. Yeah. yeah and, that's then, a- uh, and Fleet Street was cool, because that's where uh, Sweeney Todd, I don't know if you know who Sweeney, uh, Sweeney Todd, another horror musical. I've that's seen the a, Johnny Depp one, Tim Burton one. Yeah, it's very yeah. good. So I had to get a meat, yeah, I had to get a meat pie on on, on Fleet Street oh, because cool. I was tempted to get a shave too because of Sweeney Todd. But was right. he a real guy? Uh it's a legend. I don't think yeah. I'm not sure he was real, but supposedly, you know, it's a legend. I'm not sure if he's like Robin Hood. I don't know if it's. I don't think he's a real guy, but it's yeah. fun to pretend he was. I know. I wonder why that is that we're so obsessed with like. These horrible people in history that we just want to be real. <laughs> I don't know. This is a good question. <laughs> so, did you did you uh, like watch any musicals to uh, to prepare for the movie? Mm, not really. <laughs> I think I'm more of a horror fan than a musical fan. I find yeah. musicals really like annoying sometimes when they start singing. That's uh-huh. why. Like, see, anyone who doesn't like musicals and they're worried about seeing Anna, I'd be like. I, I don't really like musicals, but I do think Anna's fun because the music's more maybe accessible. Like things like Les Mis, like I try to watch it and they just don't stop singing. And mm-hmm. like, it's, I don't know, are you a fan of Les Mis? I've actually never seen Les Mis. You don't need to see it. Yeah. But, or, or you can if you want, I don't know. But right. I think like those kind of things, like anything that is kind of operatic and it, it, sometimes it's not the most accessible for people because it's, it is like tough watching, I think, unless you love music, maybe then maybe people really enjoy that that style of music. But yeah, there's not many musicals that I I've seen. 
Um, I really liked Chicago. I'd seen that film when I was younger and I thought that was really fun. The music's great in it and it's so well filmed and it's um, just brilliant. And I think, I think, I hope that like the music in Anna, because it, it is really great music from Tommy and Roddy and it's, it's quite fun. I think it's got all like those kind of great aspects that musicals can do. Like, and especially pairing it with a zombie film, like of having like the energy and the musicals are great for making you feel happy. Like they're like, as much as I don't like musicals, I think they're great for that. Um, I think that's that's a great combination that it had of the upbeatness and then death. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a really funny combination and really good to bring that in so you have a balance. And even at the like darkest moments, the music still brings it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the movie does get dark and it is it does get very emotional. And I think it helps you can uh, then when something does happen to the characters, you're more invested in them because you're having a lot of fun with them. And then, you know, if a character dies or is going to turn into a zombie, you, you feel more attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Music really in a, in a faster way, I think can make you understand a character or connect to a character. Cause it does, it makes you have fun with them and, and you'd be sad if something happens to them. I think that is the great aspect that music brings. I feel like I'm just totally just musicals. I do think musicals are <laughs> such a sure. hard thing. And I so respect people that do musicals because I could not do musicals like on stage because it's so tough and those people are so talented. So I do think um, musicals are so good. I just, I think as a person, I'd probably more likely watch a horror than watch yeah. a musical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am, I'd be the same way, but I do like certain, I've, now that I'm thinking that most of the musicals I like are horror musicals. It's yeah, like, Rock uh, show. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, okay. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, really? I love Little Shop. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the actual musical and the and the movie version. The original movie is not a musical, but then the the eighties or maybe nineties remake is uh, is a musical. And do you think the music added to it compared to the original? Yeah, I think the the uh, it's a much different movie. Uh, the first one, the original one's fun though too, but the. Uh, I think more people know of the, uh, I think people kind of discovered the original movie after the musical came out. Cause I think it was more popular. That's like incredible as well that music can do that. I think there's so many films. If you add music to it, it could be like, becomes a whole other film and yeah. in a really exciting way or, or TV series that have episodes with like, yeah, that's always to do that. Yeah. Like Buffy was, which was referenced a lot. Um, cause Alan, one of our writers loves Buffy. I love Buffy. I watched that when I was way too young. I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, but that's a really fun episode when they added music into it. Once yeah. Yeah. I was, I went to a, it was a small production. It was very fun. It was silence, the musical, and it was a musical version of silence of the lambs. And it was, uh, what happened in that? I can't imagine that out. It was very over the top, uh, songs and, uh, it was great because every everyone played it like kind of in a similar way to it, where they play it like a musical, but the music is very uh, very strange. But it it was a very fun time. That's so much fun! I can't. That'd be a really fun game to do to fight, think of all the, the the weirdest movies to make into musicals and then to do it. Yeah, right. Sounds of Lambs would be up there. That's a weird. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, did you get, did, seems like the cast has a lot of chemistry together. Did you guys, uh, all get along and become friends while making it? Yeah. Yeah. I've never had an experience like that where it's like, just literally like just your best friends. You just, and it happened so fast and it was just really like, I think because we, we all just like, were quite 
knew I, Ella had done quite a lot actually yeah, and, and Sarah and that had done drama school and stuff but like a lot of us it was our first film so it was like it was just so we were all just like a bunch of kids that were so excited and we were filming it in a school mm. and the the makeup was in the school like the green room was in the school so we all just like hung out in the school all the time with each other and there was like days where like days where I wasn't filming that I wanted to come on set because I just wanted to be around them because they were so much fun and we had like nerf guns and for warm up <laughs> like there got us to all have like a massive nerf gun battle and like we had this big gym downstairs in mats and it was it was just so much fun and still like we, we're a big group we have a big group chat on our phone now with like all the the cast and a lot of um you know like like the writer and the direction of it like I'm it's still I'm I don't I don't know if it's normal because it was my first film but to like want to, to be in stay in touch with these people and like Ella's one of my best friends now like she used to live down the road from me she lives in New York now so I miss her a lot but um <laughs> yeah I, I, I think it was such a great film to like do but also to make incredible friendships with on as well that was I'm so grateful for that film for that yeah and so when you did the festival run I assume you know you guys a lot of you would meet again, and what was that whole? Uh, what was that experience like uh, going to the festivals? Oh, that's fun! I don't know if it's, I've never done it before, but like you just get really drunk and watch loads of films. Like that. <laughs> that's so much fun. I'm trying to think of the Sitches was really fun. They were all so fun. Edinburgh was pretty special because it was we're all all of, a lot of us we all couldn't go to because they were all far away and like people have work and stuff. But loads of us, nearly all of us, went to the Edinburgh Film Festival because it was in Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and then. Yeah, we all just got really drunk. <laughs> I don't watch our film again. I do think it's a great film to watch with a drink. I think it can be really can heighten the experience. You can sing along. You don't feel like embarrassed to. <laughs> I think everyone should have a drink and go through the film. Yeah, I agree. They're actually at um, uh, Fright Fest right around the corner. Was this? Uh, there was a bar, and they had this thing. Was called the the porn star mar not margarita martini martini. Yeah, and it was. I actually drank two of them, uh, one, and they were they're like bigger than my head, and uh, yeah, it, it did make the experience more fun than going to watch the movies. Yeah, it adds something to it, doesn't it? Also, I think any film like comedies, of course, having a drink is great because then you're really, really enjoying. But also horror, it puts you in a place where I think maybe alcohol makes you believe everything a bit more, or makes you, puts you a little less sensible. So then you really get carried away with stuff. So I think it's a great idea for some films to have a drink and completely let yourself go. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when I ordered the first one, cause you're supposed to have like at least two people to drink it. And they'll, and he was just like for you, just for you. And I was like, yeah, he's like, okay. And so and you did it again. <laughs> yeah. Then I had another one, right. Is he like, again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it, was, it was like happy hour. So they were half price. So, so you were making money, really. Right. <laughs> it was a good time. How about um, uh, uh, Paul K. Who played? He's kind of like the villain in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was he was great in the in the in the film. Paul is a is brilliant. I actually because because my stuff's like in the school. I got to like see him work quite a lot, like his scenes with um, Mark Benton and stuff. So I thought I think he's fascinating. Not that I think he's an incredible actor. I just love watching him working and um. He's such a cool guy. Like he's just really cool. Like you'd expect him to be cool, and he is just really cool. And um, I think in the film he's hilarious. I think he does everything. And he's not like I don't think he's like I don't know that much, but I don't think he's an actor who's scared to do crazy things. I think he completely embraced the fact that it was mental. And his song is like this kind of punk, yeah, 
rock song and he totally made that his own and yeah i thought he was so interesting to watch work yeah it's actually really an interesting character because it's like you know the world is now an apocalypse and so he's a teacher but this is what he really wants to be like now he's got no repercussions so he can uh he can act however he likes you know He's a teacher who hates children. There's <laughs> probably a lot of teachers. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> it's also quite funny, like the lyrics in that song, because it is like a lot of, there's that thing about kids and phones and being a bit brain dead nowadays and stuff. And and so now, yeah, exactly what you said, that Mr. Savage can now completely say all these things and, and go mad at all these kids when he was constrained before. I guess the apocalypse would do that to you. Wouldn't you? you would just say everything you've ever wanted to say and <laughs> behave how you want to behave. Yeah, yeah, that's what I liked about it. What would so, you do? If you were in an apocalypse. What would I? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe I'd just go to an old theater and, and try to board it up and just watch movies. That's pretty boring, but no, that's great. <laughs> yeah, completely in the right industry. <laughs> you should completely do that. That would be a lovely, a really nice way to spend the apocalypse until the zombies got in right right and if it was like oh no maybe that's a spoiler i've got to be careful what i say i don't know if people how many people have seen anna but i guess there's like chris chris's character chris uses that at one point as a tool to fight the zombies he uses film mm. a little bit if you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah so maybe you'd be fine <laughs> that's very true yeah mm-hmm. it could be I, I know some old nice old theaters up in boston yeah what would you do? I'd hide. <laughs> I'd, just, <laughs> I'd get away from any city. My mom lives in the countryside, so I think I would just go to the countryside and just... Or maybe I'd just become a zombie. Like, to be honest, if everyone's just become a zombie, why don't you just do it sooner? Why put up all the effort of running and fighting and being scared? Whereas if you just get over with and become mm-hmm. a zombie, and then you're part of the zombie thing, and maybe it's more fun to be on that side. Be right. a zombie. I don't know. I don't know what it's like, zombie. It might actually not be that bad. Right. Uh, hmm. Seems like they're always hungry. I always wonder, because uh, zombie in, in zombie movies, they're always eating people. Now, uh, what what happens when they eat someone? Do they do they have to go to the bathroom a lot, or do they actually digest the? You never see like a zombie get really fat from from eating like uh, people all the time. That's a good point wonder why they're so like are they in pain do they have to eat to like stop them being if they're that hungry like like i know being really hungry is a horrible feeling so maybe they're just they're like in pain maybe That's they're needing to eat so much and then when they eat yeah where does it go does it make them does it just make them a bit more alive do they die if they don't eat people like properly right, do they just starve yeah mm-hmm. Now this that would be a good movie is if they do get fat. So like in the so you give them like five or ten years and then they get so big they can't move. That's fat zombies. So they're just sitting around, <laughs> just rolling down. The <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a. Uh, you mentioned you like the paranormal uh, horror movies. Uh, did you did you like uh, zombie movies before you did Anna? And did you watch any of them before you did the movie? Um, Twenty Eight Days Later. I I watched that. I like. I love that film. Have I seen mm-hmm. many other zombie films? I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. I know that's like a big one. I yeah. actually really thought about because I guess oh, maybe I was just being a bit like, I was just approaching it as like just thinking about Lisa. I wasn't really thinking about the overall film. Mm-hmm. So I, I hadn't, and because Lisa doesn't super interact with a lot of zombies, I hadn't really thought about researching zombies particularly. 
Sarah made a video so we all understood how zombies moved. And she must have done a bit of research into how different zombies, um, different, like, I guess, in different films you have. And you had mentioned, like, some zombies run, some zombies... Some are, like, the shambling, yeah. Shuffling. But, like, yeah. I, hadn't, I haven't watched loads of zombie films. Um, but luckily, we are working with people who knew so much about it that, like, they gave us all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the way, if you ever do uh, Return of the Living Dead, which is a horror comedy... It does actually delve into the idea that uh, that they are in pain, and that's why they want to eat brains. Ah. It's interesting. So you feel sorry for? I'd watch Warm Bodies, you know the comedy one. Yeah, yeah. And that one I felt was nice because it like gave it from the point of view of the zombie, and he was like kind mm-hmm. of coming back to life now. Maybe I have seen zombies on the hand, just really thought about. Also, what's that other one I saw recently? Not recently. What is that a zombie film? World War Z. That's a zombie film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've watched a few zombie films. I guess I just don't. Zombies are just to me. They're just like they're they're a really good villain, aren't they? Because they're like you can kind of feel sorry for them sometimes. I don't know. I've never felt that sorry. I've never felt that like scared of zombies. I've kind of felt more sorry for them because they're they were the people in the film and then they become the baddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the and you know, twenty eight days later, some people argue it's not a zombie. They're uh, like infected people. Because they can run, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. I found them scary. Maybe it's the running that scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the other ones, you can really just kind of walk around them. Unless there's a big swarm of them. Yeah, I found that really scary. Yeah. So uh, what made you want to become an actor? Um, I think just, um, like, well, like you, I love movies. So I watched a lot, a lot of films when I was younger. We used to, like, rent films every Friday and I think I would just really there wasn't that many theatres near me but like I, I just I didn't know acting was a job because no one I know does it mm-hmm. um, but I just really love movies and then um, when I was looking I liked art initially I, went, I was good at art in high school so then I went for I went to an open day in art school to have a look at the courses they did there and there was a film department I remember asking the directors like how they found their actors and stuff and I gave them my email and then I started auditioning for short films mm-hmm. and um really really love being on set I love like working with a team yeah I think that that was probably just realizing that that was a job and that's like the funnest thing in the world to like play pretend and and like get to know a whole crew and get to know all, all these creative people who want to um make make something really amazing and they're all we were all working together to make something I think that's part of the reason of being an actor you're contributing to make a bigger thing and it's it's such a fun job. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, are there a lot, a lot of opportunities to make movies in Scotland um, or to be involved in movies? I think where I grew up in the middle of nowhere, there wasn't. And I, I didn't really know like how you got into it. Um, I think it's getting better. Scotland doesn't have a huge, they've been trying to get a film studio for ages. I think they maybe might be soon, but like it's been a long time. Like I had to move to London to get more work because there, there's not enough to sustain yourself just in Scotland. But Scotland's recently been making some really, really exciting things. So I really hope it keeps making more films because there's tons of really talented people up there who have great stories to tell. And I think it's sad that when you only see films from like England or, you know, LA, that are, like they're great, but if they're only stories about certain people in cities, like it's not really doing a service because you, you kind of want to tell stories from all over the world, don't you? So mm-hmm. if there was more from smaller towns and places within these big countries. Yeah. 
And in Scotland, uh, the movies you did watch, um, I, I'm not sure. Are they were they primarily ones from from uh, from UK or was it a lot of American movies? Um, I think mostly American were the films that, like, in the video store we used to rent from. There was all like, you know, rom coms. That was probably the big thing that we used to watch a lot of, a lot of comedies. Um, and um, yeah, growing up, I guess then as, as I grew up, I used to watch more British films. When when I started, like, when I went to uni and realised. I did um, a, a joint like English and drama course, and in some of the English lectures, we did like we looked at films and stuff, and then a lot of British cinema. And I loved the films that they were making. I loved the films that some of the Scottish directors up and coming were making. Um, so I love Scottish cinema too. I love kind of like just love films. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lauren on uh, on Twitter wants to know: uh, Did you have any Im- improv uh, improv lines or moments in the movie? Um. I mean the script was really good so there wasn't like and it was quite structured the way that John did it that we I don't think there was a huge um, amount of time that we'd have been able to fit in in Provlin. He was very open to like the way we delivered it and the way we did it like he got Ben who played Nick to do all these funny things so uh, you know the scene in the canteen at the start before Hollywood ended Ella's character Anna's looking over at him and he got him to do all because when he was off camera as well making doing all these I went actually I think one of them made the cut like he made him do a rude thing and do all kinds of things like to get a reaction for Ella so I think yeah there was definitely actually there's a I lie there's loads of bits that we got to improv- <laughs> like maybe not so much lines but like John really let us feel free to like be the characters and do what we wanted like there's um there's bits where so Ben also so me so us six like we all met and became really good friends and we rehearsed for two weeks and then on one of the first few days of filming when we did Hollywood Ending, Ben met the three guys who were really funny who played his like cronies, mm-hmm. his like gang. And I swear to you, within like half an hour, Ben didn't talk to us. Like he was, that was his <laughs> guy. And he sat at his table and like they wouldn't talk to us anymore. So there's a wee bit in Hollywood Ending where they're all like dancing and Ben's like, sit down, sit down. I'm pretty sure that was like improvised. <laughs> um, there was a bit where me and Chris are dancing on the table. I didn't even know they were filming. Like mm-hmm. we got told the, the camera was on on Paul doing Savage's bits thing and so we were just mucking about the table so I think there was bits that like there was definitely bits where we were allowed to also because it's a musical and like Sarah would be like this is the general outline for Hollywood End and like you can add your own bits like just do like a punch here or this but do what you think your character would do so a lot of the dancing is like I think she wanted to keep in keeping with the characters like they aren't trained dancers like where we're like doing weird dancing that like they just let us improvise a bit and have so much fun and like that bit on the table, Chris was just like, we should do a spin here, should pick you up. Like we just got a bit carried away and we're like, they, but they completely let us add loads of our personality into a lot of the musical bits. And I think, I'm trying to think, it's so long ago and I'm trying to think of the lines of any, any of it was improvised. I think we mostly kept the script, but the script was really funny. So I don't think, I thought Alan Ryan had done such a good job. We didn't massively need to go off book for it. Yeah. Uh, how about the dance scenes themselves so when you're filming a big dance number uh what is that experience like did you have any background in that um i actually did dance and i I should i shouldn't say this because i'm definitely not a professional dancer but i i love dance i used to do dance classes like tap and ballet and all that when i was little so i was really excited for the dancing and for sarah to bring it in i was like i don't know how to sing but i know to dance i was super excited (laughs) in the dance stuff but the way um like Sarah did want to keep it in like she also did not have a lot of time this was an indie film so she had so she had to go choreograph all the dance like by herself and film it all her doing all the different parts and then she'd teach us and she got in like proper dancers to do a lot of the majority of the dancing so 
our stuff was more it didn't need to be massively technical it was more like the how the characters would dance but like I loved all the dancing in the film getting to dance on a table that was so fun I love the dancing in my song it's that time of year she just sent me it's not like I'd said to Sarah before I was like I can do tap dancing I'll bring my tap shoes <laughs> like <laughs> what kind of dance do you want and then Sarah's like no I, don't, I think we need to, it doesn't need to be that that much like she just needs to be sexy and a bit cheeky so like but she sent me a little video with like little moves that she was doing and she was like just take whatever you want and kind of make it your own so mm-hmm. she was great choreographer because she like was there for all the support but she was very much very supportive of you bringing your own ideas and your own kind of dance style to it and you didn't need to be like a broadway dancer yeah uh also here on uh on twitter uh feisty mexer uh mexerican wants to know uh was it hard to keep a straight face while singing the lines in it's that time of the year um um, do you know what? See, when I first got that song in the edition, they hadn't finished writing it, I think. So when I first got it, I didn't really know what I was saying because <laughs> they would sing me a bit and then I'd repeat it and I wasn't, it didn't totally click in my head what I was singing about till later on. So it wasn't until later on I was like, oh, this song's quite dirty. And I, but it didn't really like fully, comp- I didn't fully comprehend about how dirty it was till much later. And when we were actually filming it, I think because I was so nervous, I didn't think like it was, in my head, I didn't think it was funny. I just thought, also, I guess Lisa, in her head, is like dead serious. Like she's <laughs> completely singing this for Chris and she's like thought about this and I don't think she thinks this is for comedy value. She's thinking completely like, this is a love letter to you and that's her, that's her being genuine to him. Like yeah. without being, yeah, I think I, I actually didn't think it was that funny when I was singing it. I think I just thought, this is what Lisa thinks and what she wants to say <laughs> for a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the uh, we talked about you know the the, um, the festival run, and then um, you know now it's got a theatrical release, uh, wide release. Uh, so what's that experience like been like? You know, go to the festivals and you know it's cool people see it, and now you know a wider audience can see the movie. Very weird. Like the biggest like because I've been up in Scotland in another film, so I feel like I've not really been hugely aware of like the the biggest. Um, the most I've been aware of it is Twitter. Twitter is amazing for people writing stuff and um, reviews or saying they, they've enjoyed it. Like, or like I've had falls and then I've noticed that people have seen it, and that's been that's been so exciting. Like sitting, seeing it on your phone, like you're able to see that people are enjoying the film you've made. But I've I've mostly been quite sheltered from sheltered from it all because I've been doing another job. But I know um, I think it's been crazy for Ella and for John because they've been. In LA, I was in New York. I think she went down to Dallas. I don't know if she went to Boston. She was all around the place, like doing a lot of promotion for it and um, seeing, meeting, doing Q and A's and meeting a lot of people who've watched it. So I think for her, it's been incredible to to see it reach a wider audience. And I think people, in, I hope in the UK, I've not been as aware of it in the UK. I know in America, it seems like people have really embraced it. Like they seem to. Um, seem to from twitter i hope anyway they seem to yeah. really be enjoying it so it's, it's so nice that it's getting a wider release so more people get to enjoy it yeah yeah i've been i've been uh a lot of people i know have uh really been loving the movie so that's so that's good. good yeah uh do you have anything uh that you're working on that could be coming out um so i did a film start i did two films this year one of them is called run with a scottish director called scott graham who is incredible he's um that will be coming at some point next year, hopefully, I think. I'm not sure. I think it maybe might do festivals. And then um, 
I just finished on Monday filming a film called The Sopranos, which isn't The Sopranos, The Gangsters. <laughs> it's um, another film um, from a director called Michael Caton Jones um, and Sony are producing that one. And that's about six Catholic schoolgirls who are a bit wild and end up going for a choir concert and then going a bit bit mental and that's actually got music in it too and that's Tommy and Roddy the same guys who did Anna have also are also doing the music for for this one oh, I just cool. so that one um yeah will hopefully be in cinemas next year as well very cool and how could people uh, follow you the, online not, not like at your house <laughs> wait <laughs> how, how can they <laughs> yeah like I follow you know online on twitter yeah I've got like twitter and instagram but that's all quite I don't even know if I'm interested enough to follow. I think I just put pictures up of quite. Yeah, I've got. It's just my name, Marley. So I've got on on Twitter and Instagram. It's been really nice, like seeing people on Twitter pop up and follow and, and mention things. If anyone enjoys the film, I could always want to write back to them because I think that's so nice. They've taken the time to tweet or anything about it. That's that's so nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful that they enjoy the film. Yeah, well, it's been uh, wonderful to talk to you. I had a lot of fun. Okay, thank you so much for calling and enjoying the film and being interested in it. Yeah, yeah definitely. My uh, uh, one of um, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Hellraiser. Um, yeah, no, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've not seen it. Yeah, Nicholas Vince, who plays one of the Cenobites, Chatterer. He he loved the movie. He was at uh, Fright Fest, and I'm friendly with him from from the show. And uh, he was one who really recommended me to see the movie. So, oh, amazing! Please say thank you. I will definitely. Also tell John because he's definitely been Hellraiser and he'll be Oh Hellraiser, the one with all the things on his face. Yeah, Pinhead, right. Oh wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for for him for watching it. <laughs> yeah, 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 he loved it. So I wanted I wanted to mention it. That's great. Thanks. All right. Thanks. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have listening. Sitting here on a lie. Wailing, you tiny. Now we're gonna die. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Hi, this is Stu Bedford, the director of Good Tidings. Hi, this is Stu Jopia, producer of Good Tidings. And this is Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Sarah Swire, Steph of Anna and the Apocalypse. Very cool to have you here. Hello! Yeah, yeah. And I love the movie, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I was at Fright Fest in London, and uh, it was sold out, so I didn't see it. And everyone told me it was great. And then mm-hmm. I got to see it just, uh, I think, about a, two weeks ago in Boston. Uh, that's awesome. I'm so I'm sorry you missed it the first time, but I'm so happy that you managed to see it somehow down the line. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic! What was the was the Boston audience cool and chill? How was that? Oh, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, packed uh, theater. And I, I'll be honest, there was a couple people who walked out. I think after the first song, because I think maybe they didn't realize it was a, a musical for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> but the rest of the Bulldog. people it was a really. <laughs> 
it was a really fun experience because people even clapped like after the music and people were laughing and uh, that really added oh, to the cool. whole uh, enjoyment of the movie. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so nice to hear. That's, it feels like, at least from what friends and family have said to you, that there's a similar kind of vibration in every cinema that comes along with it because no one's really expecting what, uh, no one's really knowing what they're uh, jumping into going and seeing it. So, yeah, it's always a surprise in some element, I guess. Yeah. So, how about when you actually, like, uh, when you read the script and everything, did you, what did you think of it? Because it is, you know, an odd combination of, of horror and gore and and uh like traditional musical yeah i mean i it's one of those things that you kind of just go wow this is extremely wacky i've never done anything like this before in my life i uh have a lot of respect for exactly for it for exactly that reason um and uh it would be a mistake to not embark on this project and see what comes of it so yeah it's it's a it's something it's not necessarily like diving into you know the unknown it's more like diving into something with like a good feeling about what it might become later on down the line. So I was very excited to see what it was going to be. Yeah. So how, how did you get involved? Um, I, I mean, I just auditioned like everyone else. I don't have a very exciting story. I think there's something important to be remembered about what that process is for young actors who are still struggling to get visibility and, and get out there and, and represent themselves and the rest of their uh, hardworking friends well. Uh, but yeah, I, there's no exciting dramatic story. I auditioned. I apparently fit the part appropriately. I got a callback. I did another Skype audition because I was in Toronto at the time. Um, and then everything kind of aligns. And then I found myself in Glasgow in the December of 2016. <laughs> yeah. did, did you have a background in singing? Yeah. So I um, I went to school. I lived in Scotland for about six years, uh, six, seven years. I went to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. Uh, and I had a, I got a degree in musical theater there, which was very exciting, um, very confusing for all my friends and family. Uh, but <laughs> I, I regret nothing. Uh, it is everything that I always hoped it was. Glasgow is the greatest city in the world, in my personal humble opinion. Um, and I'm very happy to have kind of made my bones there and to have technically grown up in Glasgow. It made me who I am. I've never been to Scotland. You should go. <laughs> yeah. You should go for the French, or I guess it's like Ed the Edinburgh Fringe, but it's it's incredible. I think it's, in terms of arts and culture, they're doing some of the most groundbreaking and diverse uh, theater, visual art, dance. Uh, the music there is wild. The food there is like incredible as well, despite what many people might tell you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's it's one of those places that, I think is often uh, seen as the underdog, but I is fighting hard, harder and doing better work than a lot of other places in the world. Yeah. There's people who told me I went to London for the first time this year and people told me beforehand that the food wasn't good. And uh, I thought the food was great. I don't think I had anything, a bad meal. I know. I don't, I think it's just like an old perspective on, um, I guess that type of cuisine that people who haven't been there for years don't realize that if you haven't been there, then things may have changed over time as well. <laughs> right. And I'm from new England. So a lot, a lot of things are kind of traditional here too, like fish and yeah. chips and, uh, different things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, how about, I, I noticed that you're uh, credited as a choreographer. So, mm -hmm. uh, so we're, explain that to me uh, for, for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also choreographed the dance numbers in the film. 
which were very fun to do. Um, I uh, was also working as a choreographer during my time in Scotland, mostly and primarily for um, music videos um, and stage, uh, and was a part of that kind of community for a long time. And I suppose during the audition process, they were on the hunt for a choreographer. And when the opportunity arose, I just kind of threw my hat in there and said, I would love to give it a bash. Uh, and also very generously uh, was offered the the part of, or part or responsibility of choreographing the dance numbers for the film. And it, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I have a question here from Marley. She wants to know, um, what about the, the bear claw dance and where did you discover it? The bear claw dance? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Marley? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? I'm like trying to dig through the recesses of my brain right now to see if this like actually has a reference to something that I don't remember anymore or the bear claw dance. And she originally thought it was a bumblebee dance, but then she realizes that it was the bear claw dance. Marley, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, I forget. <laughs> um, if I can offer up any, um, uh, I guess that I would say, um, you know, you just, there are things you just draw from <laughs> in your life and you, you make do with the experiences that you have. And um, I, made do with the experiences of my life and morphed them into <laughs> what eventually became the bear claw dance and uh-huh. that it shall for as i guess now <laughs> all right then well well thank you marley for, for that question <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> well how, how about the, the cast itself did like uh did you guys all bond together because there's a lot of chemistry in the movie Oh, heck yeah. Like, they're my best friends, man. Like, that was the best experience of my life beyond the cast themselves. Like, the actual uh, Blazing Griffin, the production company that wrote and created the the concept of Anna the Apocalypse based off of the short film written and directed by Ryan McHenry. Um, they're also incredibly good friends. Uh, John McPhail is a brother. Uh, everyone in that side, <laughs> in the creation of this project has become, like, family and I am I'm so grateful to know them now. Not only do we make this incredible film that will hopefully last and people seem to be liking it and that's in more than anyone could have asked for. Um within that we also have created this wonderful community of people that are just inherently supportive and generous and yeah. Always there for a laugh and always there to shed light or advice if necessary. So I'm yeah, yeah very grateful to have them in my life. So what was uh what was the festival run like you know and, and again hanging out with the cast? Um, even that's been really cool too because this has been like a a new thing for a lot of us. Um, none of us uh have really done something of this size or complexity before. Um, Ella uh, Hunt, who obviously is the amazing leading actress in Anna and the Apocalypse, Apocalypse, <laughs> Apocalypse oh. um, has. It is, it is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, has had so much experience behind her and was such a strong rock for all of us because she knew exactly how to show up on uh, on set, the energy to come into every day and how to decompress after every day. And she definitely was uh, an inspiration and just an example of how to get through something 
like the shoot that we did, the 28 day long shoot that was super condensed and super intense. Um, uh, but aside from that, like it, it was, it, it's amazing going back and seeing these festivals and seeing how the audience reacts in every single instance, um, what different cities pick up on certain things. And then along with that, going to these festivals with all your best friends and picking up where you left off and nothing changes. Um, and hopefully it continues to be like that for the rest of our lives, wherever we go, that we can just all see each other and catch up. Yeah. And nothing's, nothing's changed. Yeah. So what was it like to see the movie on the big screen for the, uh, for the first time? Oh, like, mind-blowing. Beyond expectation, I cried. We were at the Alamo uh, in, um, in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, I've never been in a cinema where you get, like, cocktails and fries brought to you. So, like, that <laughs> itself was uh-huh. such a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, just it's something that we've changed all of our lives fundamentally. And then a year later, we get to all come back together and watch it for the first time sitting beside each other. And with the energy of a, a full audience, it was, yeah, something you can't compare it to anything else. It was the most wild experience I've ever had. Yeah. That's down. <laughs> that's all. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah. So it had, you know, a festival run for uh, over a year and now it's got you know a wide release. So what's that experience like, and uh, what's response been for from people now that more people can see it? Uh, it's a, I mean it's a day by day thing, right? I my life hasn't changed very much. I I work in the same cafe. I love my coffee job. I um I've got a few more Instagram followers, which is interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and but honestly, like other than a lot of appreciation from people reaching out and being very moved or congratulatory, which is wonderful to get. And it's a beautiful boost to your day. Um, it, it's a day by day thing and we're just seeing where it goes and, and hoping that it reaches the right people and the right fans and they develop their own um, enjoyment out of it. And it's the people that watch it who carry it farther. We've, we've done our bit. We've cast it into the wind and now it's everybody else's um, opportunity to come and enjoy it and, and do what they want with it and let it be theirs. So, yeah. yeah. Well, what interested you about the, the character and, and uh, how close are you to the, to the character stuff? Um, I think that uh, she's remarkable and I'm super grateful to have played uh, Steph. Uh, I think it's, it is extremely important that there are queer characters um, uh in cinema who uh whose main focal point of the character isn't their um yeah. lgbtq identity it's just that they are a part of a very contemporary community that accepts and understands that they are human being amongst other human beings and get by with the same hopes and fears and whims as everybody else um, and not once is her um her queerness uh a defining part of her character or is it used to make uh, make fun of her or to bully her, to ostracize her. She's made fun of because she's unusually ambitious um, and has uh, unusual, uh, an unusual level of empathy for bigger problems than the rest of her friends and peers who are concerned with their um, escaping from their hometowns and their families and moving into the real world and what their further education will be. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud to have played her. I'm super grateful that I can continue to advocate for more roles like that. And I'm very hungry to play more roles like that. So there's a balance in um, LGBT, LGBTQ representation in uh, characters on film and in yeah. scripts and on stage and in TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree exactly what you said. It's, uh, it's not, you know, it's 
it's just that she is gay. It doesn't, you know, it's not the, the whole character. And that, yeah. that's really what, you know, uh, what it should be. I mean, why, why care one way or the other? Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's not, I think the, there's a, in terms of like the trope of the character as well too, there's on page at an angle of it where she could be kind of like the quintessential, like angry, um, lesbian, Mm-hmm. strong aggressive and it's like no like when we were teenagers and I was a teenager and I was queer like I was like weird as fuck I was so anxious I was so geeky I said all the wrong things constantly afraid of like feeling uncomfortable in my skin and and trying to figure out who that was on a day by day hour by hour minute by minute minute basis and um that's a better representation of someone struggling with that and trying to find their voice um than someone who is uh, intentionally defiant and uh, antagonistic because at the end of the day what she wants is to belong she's been uh, pushed away by her family and pushed away by her friends um, to push away other to continue to push people other other people away is uh, yeah it's probably not in what she needs at the end of the day she needs to feel included and loved mm-hmm. and I liked about the movie it does have a little bit of a Lord of the Flies kind of element because like the the kind of the jaw characters uh, they're uh, you know, they enjoy going to kill the zombies, uh, Nick and yeah. his guys. And then, uh, and then you have more, um, more of the intellectuals or, or the, the artsy people that are, you know, trying to survive and think of a different ways. So I, I like that element of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good balance of classic tropes and, uh, set them up as we have traditionally seen them in literature and in film before. And then as they are, uh, facing, these unusually violent and apocalyptic circumstances, um, their true personas come out. Um, they become the image of the adults they will soon be in the future. And they, yeah, they have to kind of find the elements of their real personality that ground them and allow them to get by and survive, yeah. uh, which is an interesting thing to explore in, <laughs> in a musical. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And uh, about that kind of like uh, the, the true person, you know, since this apocalypse, I really like uh, Paul Kay's character, the teacher, because uh, mm-hmm. now he's got no repercussions. He could, you know, pretty much act how he wants to. What yeah, was he like he to, to awesome. work with? Because he seems very fun. Great. He's great. I mean, he has so much experience. He has so much stage experience too. He is constantly bouncing off ideas and being like, why don't we try this? And had a fully fleshed out concept of like what he wanted the character to be before the, even before the first reading. Um, choreographing him was an absolute treat. We just like got together and, and uh, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but like got together in the space where his number is and just like see us, uh, saw what was, in, what was in the environment, what we could play with, what we could kick around, ask health and safety if certain things were okay. Um, yeah, and just kind of let loose. But he is remarkable and super cool, and I'm so grateful to have met him and worked with him because he was just, yeah, an absolute laugh and mm-hmm. a good friend. Yeah. Do you, is it, do you have to act differently when you're doing the more, like, musical uh, uh, parts of the movie as opposed to, like, the the more dramatic and uh, horror elements? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think... Uh, I mean, it all comes from a point of truth, right? Like, it's all same thing with like comedy. If comedy, if if it doesn't come from a, a place of truth, then it doesn't look believable, and it's not as relatable, and it doesn't land as well. The beats don't land as well. Um, and that timing and that rhythm and and that self awareness goes into every single sense of performance. Um, just be honest and genuine, uh, no matter what the cir- what the circumstances or what the style that you're playing towards is, and hopefully, um 
not hopefully, but the, the hope is at, that the the truth of the character shines through. The story, you propel the story before before trying to justify getting jokes or land jokes. You propel the character before you want to get a laugh. Um, and that was something John wanted from us uh, deeply as a cast, and that's something that we were, were all able to provide one another because we were so supportive. Um, and, um, yeah, just wanting to play around and play as each other's characters in the same, in the, in the same place. Uh, which is more physically demanding, uh, the, the dance scenes or, or battling zombies? Oh man. I mean, they're both hard in different <laughs> ways. I think it's just demanding cause it's juggling. Cause you gotta, um, and then so many sequences, it's everything at once, right? So you're fighting and you're dancing and you're also singing. And then you're also showing extraordinary levels of emotion because of how dire the circumstances are. Um, so I don't think necessarily one is more exhausting or tiring. I do think for, because it was the first time a lot of us did fight choreography and our incredible fight choreographer, Emma Claire Brightland worked with us a lot about, um, owning your weapon, treating your weapon, even though it's a foam weapon, like it could actually kill someone because the second that you start seeing it as a, as a foam weapon or a fake weapon, then mm-hmm. the, the rest of the audience will see it as that too. So you always have to carry it with an element of dignity and, uh, and fear. Um, and then another thing that we all learned about for the first time doing this film was like angles and like, how do you hit the angle? So it, it appears like you're actually stabbing someone and how do you give that bounce off of someone's head to make it look like the impact was strong, even though you barely even got close to them. So, I mean, that's a life skill that we'll have for the rest of our lives now. Super yeah. cool. Do, do you think, uh, like your background in dancing choreography actually uh, helped with that? Um, with, 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 with learning, uh, you know, um, how to do the fight scenes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just body awareness is always helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, which was so great about working with Emma Claire Brightland and because there were a couple of sequences that were a combination of both movement, uh, like dance movement and fight movement, um, that we could blend our techniques together and our skills together and our backgrounds together and add a bit of nuance to what would normally just be a jab or um, turn a spin into like a setup for like a giant bludgeoning against the head. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun to play around and try something new for the first time, but I hope that it's all paid off. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I loved it. So uh, are you a horror movie fan? I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I am very scared of many things. Uh-huh. Um, it, de- it depends what it is. Uh, but yeah, I would say I am. Uh, I need to be ready to watch a horror film though. Uh-huh. It needs to be like, I can't have like walk into like a party and they're all like, we're going to watch this. And it's like the scariest film of 2018. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't prepared. For this. Did you watch anything to prepare for the movie? Like any zombie movies or any musicals? Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of, uh, musicals. So I've got that. Um, I did watch a lot of the walking dead just for, cause I also, uh, worked with John McPhail on the movement of the zombies for, mm-hmm the film and just doing a bit of more research about like what kind of zombies are they? Um, are they, do they move fast? Do they move slow? Like what's like the reason for this infection? What's it affecting the most? How are they decomposing? What are they most hungry for? Um, uh, yeah. So, and then turning that into some sort of dialogue or movement language that you can then teach to anybody that can pick it up and 
and have a fun time with it and just make their own zombie. Um, yeah. I feel like they get the reward out of doing that as much as they do <laughs> in in some of the harshest climates in the world, standing around the cold in Scotland for a long time. So. Right. <laughs> so when you do research, you prefer the shambling zombies over the running zombies? I mean, I guess if it's slower, you can pick out more detail. <laughs> uh-huh. um, not necessarily. I think they were definitely a, an, an interesting combo of fast zombies and slow zombies in the film. I think that probably has a lot more to do with like the level of decay that they were at at that point. Like Some were probably a bit faster because they were just newly infected, and some were a lot slower because they were losing control over parts of their, their limbs or their brains were slowing down. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I prefer either because both sound horrible. Um, <laughs> right. I wouldn't like either of those things. Probably not a good no zombies right. is, is my right. answer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that's a good stance to take. I do not want to become a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a survivalist. <laughs> so uh, what what were some of your favorite musicals? Or what are some of your favorite musicals? Oh, my God. So I uh, – what are my favorite musicals? I grew up – well, I love the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I love that show so much. I want to be in that show more than anything else in the world. Um, have you have you listened to it or seen it? I've No, I, I'm not familiar with it. It's William Finn. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the ones that I did. I did Little Shop of Horrors in school, which was a blast. I love, um, I love Little. That was the first uh, live play I went to when I was like 16. Nice. It was amazing. Yeah. Nothing better than a puppet on stage. Mm-hmm. Manating play puppet on stage. Yeah. Dom DeLuise uh, was in the production I saw. Oh, wow. It's very nice. cool. And there's a lot to do. And like City of Angels is a good one that I don't think gets done very often. Um, what other musicals are badass? There's many. There's so many. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Sweeney Todd for Sweeney horror. Todd, musicals. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, any Sondheim company. That's an incredible musical. That's a good company one day. That's a fantastic show. Um, yeah, lots of great things out there. Into the yeah, woods. Was- great one it's a bit of an obvious choice everyone likes into the woods but yes a couple years ago it's a small production in boston they had a silence a musical and it was a musical uh version of silence of the lambs it was amazing it was hilarious and they had like you know really great singers and they were singing just like you know all the lyrics were just you know ridiculous but uh yeah it, it really made it great because they were really you know giving it uh singing in with what they're all yeah, these uh, silly lyrics, which it was a really great experience. Was it like a? It was yeah. So it was like a farce. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds so intense. That's awful. No, that's okay. That's fun. Yeah, there's yeah. like an Evil Dead musical now. That sounds. I haven't seen it, but everyone raves about it. I'd love to go see that at some point. Yeah, I've not seen it either, but yeah, I would definitely like to see it. Mm. That was there was a couple. We just saw. Where else did we see? We were in New York. Um. And we met the cast of Be More Chill, who are like like literally the chillest people on the planet. That show, I haven't seen it. We listened to the music from it. I would die to see that at some point when it, it like starts doing its thing in New York again. So I'm probably going to fly down and go watch that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, musicals are great. Yeah. Have you performed in many? Yeah, I had a good go at it considering, um, I mean, that's what we did most of our time with in school. Um, I was lucky afterwards to do more stage plays that incorporated music and movement, um, as other functions of 
storytelling or storytelling mechanisms within like the within the production. Um, so got to still exercise those three skills at the same time in the same, uh, I guess, on the, on the same stage, but just in a less obvious way. Um, yeah, and I, I think I prefer that side of the stage a bit more than uh, classic musical theater, mm-hmm. trying to be a bit more clever about the integration of those three things than the necessity of the three things to define what the genre is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I've, I've been, had my, my time. <laughs> Yeah. So which which love came first, uh, like dancing or music or acting, or is it kind of all the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I started uh, dancing when I was three. So that was like, do we put our kid in hockey or do we put our kid in ballet kind of thing? Uh-huh. Um, as a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like literally that. Um, and my parents were like, well, put the son in hockey, we'll put her in ballet because... <laughs> he needs to toughen up and she's too aggressive. So like that's what <laughs> it ended up being. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just did. I did it for years. I ended up really falling out of love with it when I was a teenager, as anyone does, I think at that point, if they're shoot, if they're kind of forced into that by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful. They made me keep doing it until I was well into my late teens until I just was old enough to be like, I'm done. And then rediscovered entirely rediscovered my passion for it when I moved to Scotland. Um, but every I just I always they all I think they all go hand in hand. I think if you enjoy performance and if you enjoy um, uh, storytelling or uh, expressing anything on stage for an audience to another person, um, then uh, you one may find themselves finding similar interests in those uh, gently opposing fields. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference between uh, performing on stage and uh, you're doing a movie because you have the the live uh, interaction or the live. Uh... Mm. Um, it's 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 just I think it's just different. Um, subtlety versus um. Uh, I wouldn't say being unsubtle, just understanding how to convey subtle emotions in a in a sense that um everybody understands. Uh, it is it's just a different type of it's just a different type of performance technique. Um, I even feel like calling it technique makes cheapens what it is, but it's understanding who the audience is and what you need to give to them and what you need to give to your actors and how the, how the pacing works. I think pace is a massive difference between film and, um, stage. Um, yeah, it's, it's very awesome. It's awesome to be able to do both. And I'm super grateful to have had opportunities in both fields. I don't think I prefer either or, um, I miss, I miss stage. I haven't done it in a while. Hopefully get back to that soon at some point. But um, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I definitely enjoy doing them both for very, very different reasons. Yeah. So how long, how long was it uh, from when you filmed in on the apocalypse till it was finished and you were able to see the finished movie? It's a bit about um, filming and then actually seeing it, I think yeah. was um, like a, like a, almost a year, mm-hmm. a year and a half, maybe. Um, and now it's been about two years. Um, yeah, it's been actually two years. I think today, uh, Alan McDonald, the writer just messaged us saying today was the two year anniversary of the first read through. So all times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did, did you see it? Uh, did you see it at all before it was finished? Like, uh, since the choreographer, did they ask you like, uh, when they're editing it or anything? No, actually I, I just had, 
uh, opinions and I made them, I just thought this would be good if it was like this. So I, I saw early cuts while we were shooting, mm-hmm. while we were still shooting of the bigger dance sequences, um, which was great. Um, but ultimately it was just a big surprise. So, and I kind of like that. It's nice. Just throw it off. Yeah. I did my bit, throw it away. Someone else's uh, skill now, amazing uh, uh, Mark, who's the amazing editor of the film. It's uh, now his responsibility to sparkle it with his, you know, his own personal style of magic. And then it became what it became. So, yeah. Was the finished movie any different than, uh, than you envisioned it while you're, while you're filming it? No, <laughs> it was better. It was, I mean, it, I, I, I don't know what I could have possibly imagined it being, but it just was better than I could have ever imagined it being. Um, and it was already amazing in my head. And then I saw it, it was even more amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Lauren on uh, Twitter wants to know, do you, did you have any uh, favorite improv lines or moments in the movie? There were a few actually. That was uh, also, which is nice about John McPhail and also Alan uh, as the writer is that um, they're both very collaborative. Uh, Alan is remarkable at, because you could go to him at any point and be like, I feel like my character would do this and you consider it. And sometimes he'd be like, I think that's a great idea. Or sometimes he'd be like, no, <laughs> um, uh, but John was very open to improvised lines or just um, tacking little moments into scenes that weren't necessarily uh, highlighted or detailed in the script. Um, there was the boom saved your life was improvised mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and it was either going to be that or uh, get and losers were going shopping from Mean Girls. Um, <laughs> but we didn't know if we'd get in trouble for that. So we opted for the OG one for the original one. <laughs> Yeah, that totally worked. Uh, do you know if there's any uh, talk or chance of a sequel? Uh, no, I don't think there's going to be a sequel. I don't know. I don't think that would be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there is possible talks of a stage production. But again, uh, oh. I don't know. I have no idea. So we shall see what time tells. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting yeah. said that because uh, when I was in in London, uh, Nick, my friend Nicholas Vince, who's uh, from the Hellraiser movies, uh, he he was you know was ecstatic about the movie. Told me I have to see it, and uh, he said it it would be good uh, a good play like that the kids could do in school or or like a, a stage production. Yeah, so I me I think so too. So hopefully yeah. that gets uh, turned into that kind of thing. There there'd be more songs. There'd be different scenes. Um, obviously the same characters. It'd be interesting to see how to adapt uh, the undead on the stage. Do they dance on stage for the first time? Do we stick to the film and, and don't do that? Like what does the stage show become and what makes it different than the actual film? So yeah, yeah that's cool. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Was there any, when you were doing the, for the zombies, was there ever a time that they were going to dance? Uh, no, I think it was like eradicated pretty early on that like they weren't going to dance. I think, because well, at, at the end of the day, the story is about the kids and, and it's about mm-hmm. them and about their relationship. And more than anything, like this film has a more of a breakfast club vibe than it does yeah. anything else. And we wanted their relationships to shine through and their growth and um, and making the undead do a, a cleverly integrated boogie, I think, would cheapen. <laughs> the emotional growth of the characters. I agree. Um, yeah. It's already so crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And also it, it, it takes away from 
you know, the, the nature of the, the lessons in the story and the, the lessons that the, the characters experience. And, um, if it's, if it's already, it's already insane and to add more insanity by making the zombies dance, I think would just, yeah, there'd be yeah. a complete element missing. Yeah. And all the, you know, well, yeah, all the characters are likable and, uh, you're mostly attached to them, which does make it, uh, you know, when something bad happens to somebody, if they get killed or turn into a zombie or whatever, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's much more emotional because you you you're into the characters. Totally, yeah, we're super, and all I mean, all that comes from John's great direction, from Alan's great writing, from Ryan's original incredible idea, from um, being amazing producers, setting up a loving and supportive environment, and from from magically casting like six kids who all just randomly became best friends. I mean, not randomly, like maybe they knew. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, a lot of things that played to ensure that um, that exact thing uh, landed and yeah. those beats landed. Yeah. So what, uh, do you have anything in in the works now? Anything coming up? Uh, I'm just going to, I'm off to LA in January to just like from caution to the wind and see what happens. That's cool. Um, but other than that, I'm just like rolling with the punches and seeing what opportunities roll my way, making opportunities for myself, and yeah, DIY style. Very good. Do you have a social media that people can follow you? Yes, you can follow me on my Instagram and on my Twitter, but it's just my name, Sarah Swire. I was the uh, first Sarah Swire on the internet, which is a blessing and a curse. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's easy to find, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's been very fun to talk to you. It's been fun talking to you too. Thank you for um, dealing with my, like my Toronto transport delay. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, but by the way, if I go back to Toronto sometime, where what would you recommend uh, places to eat? Oh, don't! <laughs> I'm so okay. Oh my god. Um. Oh no, this is so tricky. Cause like I like food, but like I like beer more. I can okay. like. Do you are you into are you into craft beer? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not like okay. into like pours or mill that kind of stuff, but I do like craft beers. Yeah. Okay, there's a great like a lot of Toronto-based breweries um, that don't get outside of Toronto. There's okay. and like the beers you can't get them else anywhere else in the world. There's like uh, there's Blood Brothers Brewery that place is lit. Um, there's Bellwoods Brewery that place is also lit. That's also an amazing restaurant. Um, there's a street called Dundas West and I guarantee if you just walk down that street, you're going to like go into some of the craziest bars and restaurants that you've ever seen in your entire life. So just go to Dundas West. It's fun. All right. Very good. I'll, I'll take that note. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks again. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you for calling. That was such a nice afternoon. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a... Greasy black peel Just face the music, you're a monster 
the choice between the two of you, I would take the... Socks and your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. The three best words I would use to describe you are as follows, and I quote: Stag, stag, stag. 